Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Real Life Ghost Stories episode eight. Eight? Oh, I, I couldn't remember there. Couldn't remember Pretty what sure it was. Eight. Yeah, maybe it is episode eight. And if it's not, sorry, but we think it's episode eight. Neither of us learned how to count. No, we didn't. It's very sad. We learned how to make a podcast, but not how to count. Our film review this week. We're going to go straight into it. Oh, uh, this film review might take a while. Uh, why? <laughs> um, because because you actually watched it it's not just me well, talking yeah, I around. actually watched it it's not because well, Dan said to me beforehand you have to actually watch this one I can't keep doing film reviews where you haven't seen the film so I uh, said hang on a second that's not what I said that is what you said no I said oh you have to actually watch this one because it's foreign language and it's subtitles and if you don't watch it you won't understand it that's what I actually said oh that's true I'm glad that you <laughs> did the voice as well <laughs> so the film that we watched this week was a film called Sabrina. And it's not the Sabrina It's remake. not the Teenage Witch. And it's not the remake, which is shite, by the way. It is an Indonesian film. My knowledge of Indonesian films is limited, as you can imagine, but it's part of a franchise, like a haunted doll franchise. And this instalment of it is like a spin-off of about this doll called Sabrina. It isn't rated on Rotten Tomatoes as yet because it's so new. It was only released this year. It has a massive 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is really annoying because we said... Real Life Ghost Stories, only ever bringing you the best movies reviewed. I know. like I, I, We said we're going to do a good film review. And even last night when we were talking about it, we were like, oh, will we do... Will we watch the really good film or will we watch the Christmas scary film? And we chose the really good one, which ended up being this bullshit. So what were your yeah. thoughts? Go ahead. First of all, it had the really freaky doll in it, which is the main reason why I chose it, because the, the trailer on Netflix was actually quite horrifying, because I think it just picked out the best, like, scary bits, yeah. and then put it all together, and it made it look really interesting. But the doll is horrific. Dan is petrified of dolls. Why are you so dolls. frightened I of just, dolls? I can't stand them, particularly China dolls. I just, oh, they're great. I don't understand why anybody would buy China dolls. I don't mind, like, toy baby dolls too much, because, like, my sister had a million when we were growing up, so that's not, doesn't really freak me out too much, but like china dolls like porcelain dolls yeah it was just freaky dolls like, oh like do you remember when i sent you that picture when i was in um in portland from that house that little that freaky little clowns oh dolls yeah sitting under, oh my word but anyway this film is it starts in a, a factory where this freaky doll is being produced on mass 
we're not talking like a Bratz doll. We're not talking. No, like- it's not even like Annabelle. Like this doll is horrific. It's got really over exaggerated eyes. Yeah, and Which then we'll come back to in a minute. A really skinny nose, and oh, it's just a really horrible doll. Even I was like, oh, I don't like that doll. And dolls, I'm not really bothered by dolls. I it's- don't have the same hatred of them that you do. If you saw like a comic book of a house burning down, and it was burnt down by a haunted doll, and the doll was like in the flames, not burning, this would be the kind of doll that you'd see. That was a really weird reference point. Yeah, well, it's because I'm freaking myself out thinking about dolls now. I'm not even thinking about the film, just well, thinking about dolls. So in this in this film, the film starts with um, this woman who's clearly possessed. And that's actually quite a freaky opening. Yeah. And she's... Um, in, in in the beginning, they've got these, these two people who we don't really know what they are. They go into the bedroom and they say, whatever you do, don't come in until we tell you to. And they go into the bedroom of this possessed woman. And the story flips to... Massive segue. Massive segue. I mean, we, we don't learn about that until the very end of the film. I was like, who? what happened at the beginning? Who, was the, who are those people? And it flips to um, a wee girl who's lost her parents, who's living with her aunt and uncle. The uncle is, as it turns out, is the owner of this toy company, which I'm sure in Indonesian it's not as funny, but it, the literal translation is Kev's Toys, which yeah. I think is hilarious. <laughs> But they produce this doll, and this doll apparently, which I refuse to believe, is really popular to the point where it's getting international orders and it's selling out in shops in Indonesia. Oh my god! I, like that was my big problem with this film was the whole way through. I was like, nobody's going to buy that doll for their child. Like it's vile. Nobody. How is this popular? This is bullshit. That this doll is popular. There's no way that anybody is looking at this doll and going, "Oh my god!" I'm gonna, that's what that's what my kid wants to see from Santi Christmas yeah. morning sitting, under, it's the sitting under the tree. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so then, like, all this... When the doll comes into the house, all this weird stuff starts happening. So, I think we need to talk about the fact that it is very time-placed as well. Like, it's a modern film. Well, it tries to be modern because it's like, oh, it's a haunted doll, but we've got to add a twist to it. So, they bring two very modern things into it right at the beginning. (gasps) Oh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie. So, yeah, so basically this this kid... Yeah, I've forgotten about that. It starts with this kid in the playground doing a... Not right at the beginning, but start playing Charlie, Charlie, and the girl is watching this kid play it and uh, he basically summons the spirit of his grandma and then the kids use it to uh, bully him basically yeah, they standard. ask him like uh, do. does does Ditto wet the bed and the grandma ghost very kindly tells the entire audience yes he does and uh, so he ends up getting ridiculed for it yeah so then the little one decides she's going to um, she misses her mum. She, wants she misses her mum. She wants to contact her mum. But there's also an entity finding app, which is brilliant, on her iPad that she uses alongside playing Charlie Charlie to find her mum. And she she does find her mum, but obviously it's not as simple as that. The problem with this film is that a nobody can act in it. Very strange. And I don't know if it's a lost in translation thing, but they do these really weird stoic sentences where it's like, "I know that you miss your late daughter who died." Yes. Like nobody nobody talks like that nobody that wasn't even that and that's a man talking to his wife yeah that's a man talking to his wife your late daughter who died and then we didn't really get an explanation as no, to what who no, that you know i wonder if it's part of the franchise now you mentioned that like maybe that's something we're supposed to have known because it's like a spin-off it's like watching oh, Annabelle, maybe. Isn't it? and then there happens regularly throughout it is that they drop in english phrases every now and then which is very bizarre but also possibly very indonesian having yeah oh, i don't indonesian yeah so i don't know um whether or not that's an indonesian thing to have english think, phrases in your vernacular aside from the acting being terrible the big reveal of the demon at the end actually made me roll around with laughter because it was a man in a really bad wig with a prosthetic nose and the prosthetic nose is the is the how you tell 
it's not just any ghost, it's the demon. Oh. I've got this massive nose, this massive just, hook nose. And then it turned into... Have you seen, if it's it's like the nose of the witch in Snow White, in the Disney Snow White film. Have you oh, seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that it is actually. Yeah, yeah. And then this ghost haunted woman turns into fucking, I don't know, Jackie Chan. Yeah. And she's like doing all this mad ninja stuff that she was never able to do before. I don't know how suddenly she was able to do it. At one point in it, they have to find, there's like a segue where they have to find <laughs> this weapon to kill the demon. And it's like... Backlit this, with red lights. Yeah, and this guy goes to like this island and finds it and it's in a cave backlit with all this red light. And I was like, that is the worst hiding place ever. If you want to hide something, don't backlight it. Don't don't highlight the fact that it's there. I do think you do a bit of a disservice saying that they're not very good at acting because that the, the aunt, when she later becomes possessed, is actually very good at being like slightly manic. She's the best demon out of all of them. That's I think. true, but it's the only thing she can do. I mean, pro- <laughs> like we were having a conversation last night about how often with actors they have they're able to do crazy or really angry really well but everything else is a little I bit shit I thought the kid was alright as well you know actually the little kid yeah for a kid like she wasn't like the other kids were pretty lame but she, I thought she was alright she had like a lead role and yeah, she has she that amazing did. face planting moment at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there was a, quite a number of moments in this film where we just rolled around laughing and I thought I really did think this was going to be genuinely scary because the last um, the last subtitle film horror film we watched was actually quite good why don't we just review that yeah we should have done well, that's, I can't even remember ridiculous. what it is but it was a Spanish film on. it's, it's still on Netflix yeah it is but it's worth, that's worth watching because that actually was quite scary um, but the, the thing that was genuinely quite scary about the uh, about the film was the doll because uh, right, right at the beginning because you're looking at it thinking it's a creepy doll and then it has a, a segue where it moves its eyes Yeah. and you're like whoa that's really creepy but then you realise later on that the model of the doll is clearly programmed only to look in one direction yeah. so later it becomes much less scary because all of the action has <laughs> yeah. to happen to, <laughs> to the, the doll going to the right. Right, yeah, to yeah. the right side. Oh, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, I mean, don't be fooled by the Netflix trailer because it looks, the Netflix trailer looks really scary. I don't know if it does well in Indonesia. Like, it must do relatively well if it's, if it's part of a franchise. It's part of a franchise. But then there's loads, you can think of loads of franchise horror movies that make loads of money in the cinema that would not be considered good. I don't know, if you're like me, I'd, I'd, you know, maybe just, if you've got a spare, like, hour and 40, just check it out. Because it has got like the doll is creepy, and it's also got music boxes, and I, the combination of the two is quite uh, quite terrifying. Yeah, for but me. the music box is shown like once, and it's never seen again. Yeah, but you hear it a couple of times, don't you? Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, Were well, you actually watching it? it? <laughs> they also um, borrow quite heavily from the from the Japanese tradition of horror films, that sort of ring grudge s crawling. Except they didn't use CGI for the crawling. No, so you know, the in the ring and the grudge, where they crawl towards the camera or crawl towards the person, and it's really really freaky this was just the actors crawling quickly so it just it didn't work it wasn't scary I would give it out of five because I, I feel like I can actually rate this one because yeah, I can. watched it you did watch it all the way through I would give it a two out of five yeah I think I I might yeah I'll give it a two what was your response when I told you that we were doing this story it was a bit I can't remember exactly what I said you did say it on the thing and I was like oh yeah that's right he when I told Dan we were doing I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The story, he went, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Because it's not a very nice story. So I think the best... The best horror film, like, so even, like, going back to films, but I think the best horror stories in horror films are the ones that leave leave a lot of it up to your imagination. Yes, I agree. So they suggest, and then they let you do the terrifying, because actually, your brain creates things that scares you, because it knows what you're scared of, whereas, obviously, a filmmaker doesn't, unless it goes around polling everybody that's going to watch the film, which is quite hard. This story is one of those stories... If you don't know the story of Dear David, then buckle up. Yeah, I have to declare an interest here, because I have actually seen some of this a while ago, but yeah. I, my memory's like a sieve, so I can't actually remember a lot of it. So it's probably going to be like me seeing it for the first time again. And when I when I re- reread this story yesterday, because obviously we're very organised when it comes to um, planning for the podcast. But when I reread this story, there was actually some of it I couldn't couldn't read. I had to put it down because it was freaking me out too much. So if you haven't heard the story of Dear David, Adam Ellis, who is at Moby underscore dickhead, which I think is a very funny username on Twitter. He is a BuzzFeed or was a BuzzFeed illustrator. And he tweeted on August the 7th, 2017. And holy moly, did this become something amazing. We'll talk at the end about whether or not we believe this story and what we think it might be. I've got some very big thoughts on this story, but either way, this story is genius. And creepy. Very creepy. And terrifying. So what I've done, because there's pictures to go with this story, I will post all the pictures on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Dan is going to be looking at the pictures live live <laughs> live and in the studio so we're, gonna be, pictures. so we're gonna be commenting dan's gonna be commenting on the pictures as they are presented i'm not gonna play the videos because actually the videos aren't necessarily the creepy things in this thread and i'm gonna get started and i never notice things in videos until i've seen them like four times so it'd be a very long process i think yeah this episode will be about <laughs> two years long august the 7th 2017 so My apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child and he's trying to kill me. He started appearing in dreams, but I think he's crossed over into the real world now. The first time I saw him, I was experiencing sleep paralysis and saw a child sitting in the green rocking chair at the foot of my bed. He had a huge misshapen head that was dented on one side. I did my best to draw it. And attached to that tweet is a picture that he has drawn of a sort of Goonies looking little creature. He does look like stuff from the Goonies, doesn't he? He does. And he's not, I mean, because he's a cartoon drawer and it's a cartoon drawer and he's not as terrifying as he could be. But I, if you look at him, he's, he's definitely got a misshapen head. Oh, you wait. And the way that the top of his head has been drawn looks a little bit like a nutsack. <laughs> just, just saying. Was not expecting that. <laughs> For a while, he just stared at me. But then he got out of the chair and started shambling towards the bed. I couldn't move because I was paralysed. I've sleep paralysis fairly often. It sucks. Right before he reached my bed, I woke up screaming. I had another dream a few nights later where I was in a library and a girl came up to me and said, You've seen Dear David, haven't you? I was like, Who? And she said, Dear David, you saw him. 
She continued, He's dead. He only appears at midnight and you can ask him two questions if you say, Dear David, first. Then she added, But never try to ask him a third question or he'll kill you. I was very shaken. Having two dreams about the same thing is pretty weird. Anyway, a couple of weeks passed without incident. Then, David came back in another dream. Same situation. I was in bed and he was sitting in the rocking chair near the window staring at me. In the dream I say, Dear David, how did you die? He mumbles, an accident in a store. I say, Dear David, what happened in the store? He groans, a shelf was pushed on my head. I'm frozen with fear. I ask, who pushed the shelf? David doesn't answer. I realise that I've asked a third question, which I'm not supposed to do. At that point, I wake up absolutely terrified. The next couple of days, I Google deaths in the city, but can't find anything about a kid named David dying in a store. I even try different names, Daniel, Dylan, Devon, nothing. A few weeks go by without incident. Sort of randomly, the apartment above mine is vacated and I have the opportunity to move into it. It's a larger apartment, so I'm absolutely thrilled. Another month or two goes by and I sort of forget about dear David. I think he lost track of me because I moved upstairs. But lately, something strange is happening. For the past four nights, my cats gather at the front door at exactly midnight and just stare at it. Almost like something is on the other side. Last night I got a weird feeling and looked out the peephole and I'm dead certain I saw movement on the other side. When I opened the door and turned on the hall light, nothing was there, but my cats seemed unnerved, bushy tails, etc. And that's where I am right now. Dear David found me, I think. I don't really know what to do. I'll keep you updated. Wednesday, August the 9th, 2017. For the sixth night in a row, my cat has walked over to the door promptly at midnight and stared at it. Okay, so I took a photo through the peephole because I'm too scared to open the door and I feel like I saw something. I couldn't tell so I mustered the courage to open up the door. Nothing was out there but I took another photo. Is it just me or is there something in the first photo right where the banister meets the shelves, hiding on the stairs? So what we've got in this photo, we've got two photos. One is through the peephole and one is outside in the hallway. In that first photo, you've got a shadow on the stairs and in the second photo it's gone that's kind of creepy so the impression is that somebody was hiding kind of maybe crawling up the stairs in the second photo it's gone now i don't know so so far what we've seen is a cartoons cartoonist impression of a horrific looking boy who has a nutsack for a head um (laughs) we've seen a picture of cats looking under the door so they're very clearly looking at something but out of context again not particularly scary and then we've seen two comparison pictures of photos outside of a peephole. One where there's... It's literally like a... A, a, a darkness. A, a little splodge. A little splodge by the banister. And then an opposing one where, it, where it's not there anymore, which suggests it's something that has moved on. I deadbolted the lock and got into bed because I don't know what else to do. I can still hear my cat meowing at the door. Thursday, August the 10th, 2017. It's been pretty quiet tonight. I'm going to try out a sleep talk app to see if anything happens during the night. I'm heading to bed but the cats are back at the door. They only do this in the middle of the night. It's routine now. Friday, August the 11th, 2017. I used a sound app to record my apartment last night. It makes individual recordings each time it hears something. There were 33 recordings. 
Most of them are pretty vague. A couple of them are passing cars and the like, but there are three that I'm interested in. The first is a snapping sound and what seems like a single step. It's odd because I didn't get out of bed all last night. This one is weird because out of the 33 recordings, this is the only one that has that strange electrical sound throughout. This directly follows the electric static. Another snap. And then I groan in my sleep. These happened between 2 and 3 a.m. I have no explanation for them. I'll keep recording and share if I find anything curious. Monday, August the 14th, 2017. So a weird thing just happened, take it with a grain of salt. I bought a Polaroid camera this weekend because they're fun and dorky and I decided to take a few photos around my apartment. Polaroids are stupid and fun and inherently sort of creepy. I didn't expect to find anything and for the most part I didn't. I took a couple of my living room and the bedroom. They're pretty unremarkable. Then I went into the hallway and snapped a photo. The Polaroid developed completely black. I even ripped open and destroyed a fresh pack so to see if it was just an undeveloped Polaroid but they start out white. I also thought maybe I accidentally covered the lens with my finger so I took a photo while intentionally covering it. So this could be nothing but I'm not sure what to make of it. Which one's which? Because they are very different. This one on the left. So he's tweeted the two photos. One is pitch black and the other one is kind of a grainy black. The grainy black one is his finger covering the photo. And the pitch black one is the hallway. It's just blackness. So then he takes a video of him taking the photos. And he takes a photo of his sitting room. Comes out perfectly normal. He goes out into the hallway and takes a photo of the hallway. And it develops pitch black. And that's on video. Honestly, I don't know why I'm still fucking around with this camera. There might be some logical explanation. Someone told me to take photos from further away. So I tried that once with my iPhone and once with the Polaroid. The left is with his phone, the right is with his Polaroid, and the whole light was on both times. That's so weird. Why is it pitch black each time with the Polaroid? So he's got two pictures. The one with the iPhone is a picture from his sitting room into his hallway, and the hallway light is on. It's really normal. There's nothing weird about it. You can see the hallway perfectly, and the, and the other one with the Polaroid, the hallway is literally pitch black. Folks have been urging me to get some sage, so I did. So it's a photo of him smoking a massive joint. <laughs> it's not. It's a photo no, it's of him sage. saging the house. He sages the hall. He sages this rocking chair that he first saw David in. Honestly, sage doesn't seem like it'll help much, but I'm open to anything. I barely slept last night. I kept waking up and feeling like something was wrong. But who knows? Maybe this will do something. The morning after. Sage did not work. I haven't dreamed about David in a few months, but he appeared again last night. In my dream, my bedroom was filled with a hazy smoke, but I could see David sitting in the chair across the room. He was smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything except look at me. Anyway, it feels like a bad omen. Oh God, I've got, actually got like the actual heebie-jeebies. See, oh. I would have, but when he said he was sitting on the chair surrounded by smoke, I had a picture of him like smoking a cigar. Little David with his cigar on the chair. Yeah, or smoking a big joint Crazy with a Bob Marley man. hat on his massive head. <laughs> this is terrifying. I feel, I feel like I'm doing this is almost a defence mechanism and that I'm telling this funny so I'm not freaked out by it. Sorry. Friday, August 18th, 2017. Other weird stuff has been happening too. I've been recording myself sleeping and it picks up this weird static electricity sound every night at 3am. It lasts about five minutes. 
This morning I woke up to the whole house shaking. It felt like an earthquake. I debated even mentioning that on Twitter because it sounds made up, but I distinctly felt the whole house swaying. It's just a whole bunch of small things happening at once. I feel so uneasy, like right before a thunderstorm comes. Everyone is telling me to move, but I don't have any guarantee that this won't follow me. The next night. They just issued a thunderstorm warning for tonight. Everyone in the city is talking about how weird the sky looks. I can hear rolling thunder in the distance. Monday, August 21st, 2017. All this ghost stuff has been spooky, but this past weekend was the first time I actually felt unsafe in my home. On Friday night, there was supposed to be a huge storm. In the end, it passed, but that night was bizarre anyway. I fell asleep pretty early. I was incredibly tired for some reason. I had a dream that night where David was dragging me by the arm through an old abandoned warehouse. I'm not sure why I didn't fight back in the dream or how he was strong enough to pull me with that stream logic for you. It was a creepy dream, but I didn't think much of it when I woke up. I took a shower and then I noticed something. I'd woken up with a huge bruise on my arm. Now look, maybe I injured myself during the day before and my arm was hurting during the night which manifested as a dream. There could be a totally logical explanation for it, so I brushed it off. I went to get coffee, which I do every weekend. When I walk to the coffee place, I always pass a food cart repair depot. It's always incredibly busy, especially on weekends. I've lived in the neighbourhood for over four years and the place has always been jam-packed with carts getting serviced. But today it was completely abandoned. The whole warehouse was totally gutted and empty and he's attached a photo of this horribly black abandoned warehouse. I went inside to look around because I was astonished that this place would suddenly be empty after all these years. Basically the only thing in the entire warehouse was a single green chair. If you recall, David first appeared in my green rocking chair. It could be nothing, but it's weird that it was the only thing left behind. On my way back from coffee, the warehouse had been shuttered. It has remained shuttered since. The chair, my bruise, dreaming about an empty warehouse and then passing by one, it gave me the creeps. Needless to say, I didn't sleep much that night. Too many strange things are happening, and more frequently. Friday, August 25th, 2017. There have been a few small developments in my apartment, but I'm not really sure what to make of them. I just know that I'm scared. If you recall, my cats usually gather at the door at midnight, but lately it's been getting earlier and earlier every night. I was almost used to the routine, so when they started to cry at the door closer to 10pm, I was confused. They began a new routine. Hover around the door at 10pm, cry for about 15 minutes, and then wander off as if nothing is wrong. But this week, something else happened. Shortly after the usual cat stuff, around 10.30 or so, I start getting phone calls from an unmarked number. Shut the front door! My entire call history for the past week looks like this. You'll notice that I answered once yesterday. And he's posted a screenshot of his call history, which is all... Seven no-caller IDs. Seven no-caller IDs, and then one in which he's answered. Since this has been happening for days on end, I thought it might be an automated telemarketer or something. Usually, if it's an automated thing, if you answer once, they quit calling. So I picked up. Instead, what I heard on the other end was this peculiar electrical static sound, very similar to the static my sleep app picks up at night. Ah! Dan is dying! I didn't say anything. I just listened, waiting for some automated message to chime in. After about a minute, the static stopped, and there was silence. I kept listening. I heard what I thought was breathing, but it was so faint that I can't be sure. My heart was racing, so it was hard to hear. 
Then, just as I was about to hang up, I heard a very small voice whisper, Hello. Something about the way they said hello freaked me out. It wasn't a question or a greeting, just hello, a flat statement, so quiet I could barely hear it. I panicked and hung up. I didn't know what else to do. I closed all the curtains in my apartment and turned on every single light. I watched TV until dawn because I was too scared to go to sleep. I sort of feel like I'm losing my mind. If I look at each individual incident on its own, they are perfectly logical explanations for everything. But after three weeks of weird shit happening, I don't know how to make sense of it all. The only thing I can feel like I can do right now is to write everything down. So that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'll keep doing. Monday, August 28th, 2017. So I moved the green chair out of my bedroom weeks ago. It's been in various parts of the living room ever since. I should probably get rid of it, but I'm not sure that would have any effect. Also, I'm going on vacation to Japan in three weeks. I keep thinking if I can make it to my trip, this will all end, as dumb as that sounds. David lost track of me once when I moved, so maybe if he believes I've left the apartment again, he'll leave me alone. Anyway, last week I bought a pet monitoring camera so I can keep an eye on the cats while I'm overseas. Listen, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. In a haunted apartment. No, there's lots of things. Why would you do that to yourself as well? I like the fact that it wasn't the fact that there was electric electricity followed by silence followed by hello. That didn't freak him out. It was the way that he said hello. I'm sorry, but if I've just been listening to electricity and then suddenly all of a sudden someone oh, goes hello, that's enough. Be, my phone would be thrown out the window. I would be like, absolutely, I'd leave the country. It's just absolutely the not. If, if the little kid have gone, hello? Then he would have been like, oh, you right, mate? Yeah, you're right. What are you trying to say? Oh, me? David. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> it's just because he said hello. Just like that. I'm so freaked out doing this episode. Why did we decide to do this? Why? I can see why he's got that Twitter handle, by the way. The second part of that Twitter handle, because that's pretty much what I think of him at the moment. Oh, do you, do you think Adam Ellis is a dickhead? <laughs> he's just not really helping himself out in any way, is he? Okay, well, let's continue. Whew. It's basically a nanny cam that connects to the Wi-Fi, so you can check in whenever you want, and it runs 24-7. It also alerts you to sound and movement via an app. In any event, I decided to test it out this weekend. I was away from home one night, so I set up the camera before I left. My phone pinged periodically through the evening, alerting me to the cats running around and playing. Normal stuff. Ours would never go off. No. Because all our cat does is sleep, literally. The, the fact that she wandered in here during this episode was like a, a, a shock. We'd get messages from the company to go, ping, do you actually have a cat? Yeah. Ping, there's nobody in your house. Ping, we think your cat might be dead. <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, she's fine. Then, around 11, it alerted me again that it detected motion. But when I checked the feed of my apartment, I didn't see anything. So I watched the feed again. Still nothing. I watched it a third time, and finally, I noticed something. And in that video of the green rocking chair, it begins to rock on its own. I knew it couldn't be the wind because I haven't had the windows open at all this summer. It was so unnerving, but there wasn't anything I could do about it right then, so I flipped my phone off and tried not to panic. But half an hour later, I got another motion alert. Here's the feed of that alert. So in this video, a turtle shell that he's got hanging on his wall falls off the wall. Yes, I know it's weird to own a turtle shell, but my family lives in Montana and I picked it up last year at a native trading post. Since I've been back home, I've been too nervous to turn the camera back on and today it has been pretty quiet. That said, I feel really uneasy. I put the chair in the hole. I hope nothing else happens tonight. Tuesday, September the 5th, 2017. It's happening again. I've been leaving the nanny cam on 24-7. It records every time there's movement or sound, as you know. I was going over the feed from this weekend and I noticed some weird stuff. During the night on Saturday while I slept, it recorded the cats in the living room. It seemed pretty unremarkable at first. 
But then, after a few moments, Maxwell freaks out and jumps over something invisible. I don't think it was a bug or anything. Maxwell doesn't react like that with bugs. He just eats them. (laughs) Something spooked him. What's more, I almost never get bugs. I've seen maybe three in all the years I've lived here. The next night, the camera recorded a couple of more strange videos. Specifically, it recorded Maxwell doing this on and off for hours. Is he sitting upright? He's fucking sitting on his hind legs, like standing. Uh, Having a conversation with David. Standing on the fucking sofa. I feel like getting rid of our cat in case she starts doing stuff like this. Uh, she couldn't. Her back legs are strong enough. Again, I'll post all these photos on Twitter and stuff, but the cat is literally standing on its back legs on the sofa for hours. He'd sit up on his hind legs and peer around the room as if looking for something or looking at something. This is odd behaviour for him, and I can't come up with an explanation for it, especially because of the next video. Here's the final video the camera recorded that night. Whoa, that's weird. That's weird. That cat has some insane balance as well, just as in the side, because he's right near to the sofa. So the cat is sitting there, and then the cat stands up on his hind legs, and he swats in the air, kind of at child height, really. Yeah. Now, I think this is actually a bug. Yeah. I, would... I, I think the cat is hunting something. It I don't think it's... Re- it looks really weird, though. It does look really weird. I'll give him that, because it's... it's... It's strange. It's really strange because you can't obviously can't see what he's looking at, and he's very clearly tracking something. And actually, gravity would say he should fall off. <laughs> I suppose he's... there's a chance that it was a fly, but I honestly never get flies, so it seems unlikely. I just can't shake the feeling that something has made its way into the apartment. It's odd behaviour from Maxwell in any event. Things feel off this week. I just can't explain it. Saturday, September the sixteenth, two thousand and seventeen. I've been having so many nightmares lately. They're way more intense than my usual dreams too. I don't know if it's because I'm stressed or if it's something else. This afternoon I took a nap and had a dream I haven't been able to shake. In the dream I was laying in bed and rolled over to face the other direction. On the pillow next to me was a severed head with a bloody spine attached, snaking down the bed. The head was staring right at me, somehow still alive. It had this huge smile plastered across its face. Horrified I screamed, what has happened to you? The head smiled even bigger. It feels great the head groaned. After that, I woke up. It was dark outside by then and everything was quiet. Other dreams have been just as strange. Things like dark figures staring in my windows, even though I live on the second floor. Stuff that makes no sense in relation to what I've been experiencing in real life. After that dream about the head, I've been feeling uneasy all night and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I decided to go for a walk, if for no other reason than to get out of my apartment. I went to a bodega a few blocks away to get a snack. On the way, I had to pass the warehouse that was boarded up a few weeks ago. It's actually on the way to everything. I pass it twice a day, just to get to the subway. I hurried past it since it freaks me out now. At the bodega, I got some Doritos and a seltzer and made my way back home. When I passed the warehouse a second time, I heard a dull thunk from the other side of the shutters. I froze in place. There was no other sound after that. I probably should have just continued on, but curiosity got the better of me. There was a grated window next to the doors, about a foot above my head, too high to see into. I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to hold my phone up to the window, take one photo and then run for my life. I made sure the flash was on, positioned my camera lens through one of the grates and snapped a photo. I almost thought I saw a movement when the flash went off, but I couldn't be certain. The light bounced off the grates and was pretty blinding. I couldn't even look at the photo, I just ran all the way home. I was too jumpy to look at it for a while. 
I just ate my Doritos nervously. That is my life. I just ate my Doritos nervously. What is this guy doing? Like this is this is why nothing ever happens to us because it's the moment anything freaky happens, I am gone. There was if I had heard a thunk from inside that where, that warehouse, I would have been out of there like a shot. There is no way I would have gone. Yeah, I was pretty scared, but you know, I just want to see what's inside. So I'm gonna take a photo of my camera. Whoa. When I finally did look at the photo, here's what I saw. It seemed to be a different part of the warehouse, maybe an office. There was a bunch of old insulation and what looked like a filing cabinet and a ripped up leather desk chair, which he's very helpfully posted a picture of. Hmm. You can see it? Yeah. Yep. Desk chair, insulation, blah, 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 blah. Pretty freaky looking anyway. Pretty freaky looking in general. Then I noticed something else in the upper right corner, something that looked like a face. The more I stared at it, the more it started to look like a nondescript blur. Now I can't be sure what I'm seeing. Maybe I'm too deep into this and my brain wants to see David when he's not there. But here, I messed with the files on my phone a bit. Tell me this doesn't look like him. Oh my god, why are we doing this episode? Oh, uh, that actually, yeah, you can see that you can clearly see the two sort of indentations of the eye, yeah. some of the head missing, and it doesn't look as friendly as the cartoon did. Doesn't look like a nutsack anymore, just no. scary. And it's not like it's like a kind of vapid, translucent translucent. Yeah. Ooh! Do you know what it looks like? What? A grey. Shut the fuck up! Just saying. Stop! No, I'm too freaked out doing this episode already. We don't need to bring aliens into this. You wait until we get further into this story. Okay. You think that's bad? No, I don't. I'm sure it's worse. I'm just still using humour to cope. We were not built for this podcast life. <laughs> Friday, September the 22nd, 2017. The past few days have been fairly quiet. I haven't been spending much time at home. I leave for Japan in a couple of hours. Well, thank fuck for that because I feel like I need him to leave. I've been trying to avoid anything weird before my trip. I still feel like this might stop if I just leave for a couple of weeks. Whatever happens, I want to thank everyone for their kind thoughts and concerns. This whole ordeal has been stressful and it means a lot. Makes me feel like I'm not going through this alone. Friday, September 29th, 2017. It's my last full day in Japan. The past couple of weeks have been pretty peaceful. I have people taking care of the cats and they say that they've been doing fine. This morning I went for a long walk around Sapporo. I've never really planned my vacations. I like to wander a lot and see what I can find. I came across this statue in a park. I couldn't find out any real information about it online, but it was weird and pretty. So the statue kind of looks like, a bit like the Ministry of Magic statue. Yeah, it's, yeah, so there's, so it's like loads a, of, there's like there seems to be a woman. Yeah, like children crawling up to and a mother figure. Children crawling up to a mother figure. I think it's probably some kind of like shrine statue to motherhood or something like that. It doesn't. Yeah. It's it's weird because like the kids are all clamoring to this woman, yeah, but, but it's it not like freaky. Or no, it's not definitely not freaky. I was taking pictures of it from different angles since it's cylindrical. I moved around to one side and almost dropped my phone at what I saw. It felt too similar to be a coincidence. I felt dizzy staring up at it. This kid with a dented head and in. The arms of the statue is fucking David. Anyway, I have to pack for my flight home in the morning. It'll be good to see the cats again at least. And the next part of this story is where it all gets fucking messy. But you're going to have to wait until next week. No! Because this is a two-part episode. Uh, Two-part episode. We're doing a little two-part episode dance that you can't see. So... What are your thoughts on this story so far? You're in Adam Ellis's position. What do you do? Uh, yeah, it's it's weird, but I don't think he's doing himself any favours, to be honest with you. I'm of the idea that ignorance is bliss. So maybe if there is shit going on, not Let not not letting it not recording stuff overnight. Those sleep apps are weird. See, I would not 
I'm a sleep talker. I talk a lot in my sleep. I say very bizarre things. An example of which is um, actively telling Dan off in the middle of the night because I'm trying to get the cat to subscribe to the podcast. This is a true story. Yep. But I wouldn't want to record myself at night time, even though I imagine it would be hilarious to listen to myself sleep talking. But... I don't want to know if I... What have you heard something Special else? episode of the podcast. Oh, no, we're not doing an Emma sleep talking episode. That'd be awful. Because I, I will have conversations in my sleep as yeah, well. No, it's we not... Won't, we'd never do that. I don't like it because there's... Did like I did it a couple of times when I was like having real bad trouble sleeping to see if I could work out if I was suffering from sleep apnea or anything like that because that obviously can wake you up. But there was loads of stuff that was hilarious on there, like me just chatting gibberish and like stuff going on outside. But there was also loads of little like things where you're just like, I don't really know who or what that is, and I don't really want to think about it. That was doing it from a point of view of actually, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think my house is haunted. I'm trying to do this for my own health so I can ignore it. If I had feelings that my house was haunted there's no way i'd even use that app i'm not buying a camera i might love my cats but i'm not buying a camera i'm not doing that Absolutely i don't want to be not. filming no. things and stuff's going can on. you imagine like you're away and you set up this camera and in the middle of the night you just see our cat sitting on her hind legs i'd be around. amazed because I, I don't think she's even got that physical she capacity. hasn't got the physical capacity because she's an old girl but if she did like i would be i'd be like what the actual fuck is she doing? And I know that cats are obviously weird. They do yeah, weird and it's things. weird enough when she follows stuff on the ceiling. Like. Yeah, cats are weird. They are weird animals to have in your life. Oh my God, absolutely. I would not get one of those cameras, even if the house was haunted, even if I needed proof that the house was haunted. But the one thing I will say about this story is if this story is true, this is the best documented case oh, of absolutely. paranormal activity ever. Is it though? Well, why is it not? Because they're all things that could easily be explained. Well, you wait until the second part of the yes, story. Yes, I know. I don't know the second part of the story, so... But I I'm did just not saying, know the second part of the story until at yesterday. This point, at this point, take them all individually, they could all be explained. I think even with the, the camera thing, is probably the weirdest uh, with the... Oh, the Polaroids, with yeah. With the Polaroid. But even that, if you look at the capability of the iPhone and how it levels light and stuff like that, actually it's not... I think if you probably took two pictures with like a, a digital camera, you know, like an old school digital camera, it would probably be different again. But I have the same Polaroid camera that he does and I've never had any issues with it in terms of light. I also think that he's a bit like that that warehouse thing. I just like, just go, mate. Just go. There's oh, no need for you to go back and have a look. Why would you be having a look? <laughs> You've had a dream that some little kid has been dragging you across the floor of this warehouse. You're Do you a know thunk. what? There's a bit in this story next week that led me yesterday when you weren't here to go around and close all the curtains in the house. That's why the curtains in the spare room are closed. I was wondering what was going yeah. on. Never and I'll tell closed. you. I'll tell you next week why. Because it, it's it's horrific what he does. If you have any thoughts about this story, please let us know. Obviously, when I posted this on social media, and all I posted was an image of Adam Ellis's sitting room, and I literally immediately had people going. Oh, you're doing Dear David. You're doing the Dear David story. And I was like, yeah, now I really feel like I don't want to do it because I'm really frightened. I don't want to play this game anymore. Last night I got up to go for a wee and all I could think about was Dear David. See, I'm more likely to be freaked out by Sabrina, to be honest. The film wasn't scary, but that doll is going to play on my mind forever just because of the way it looked. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I'm I'm much more likely to be afraid of Dear David than I am of a doll. Yeah, but you've read the whole story as well. At the moment, it's, it's, it's unnerving. It's unnerving at the moment. And, and he is a he's, a, he's a fantastic storyteller. Oh, stunning. This is what I was going to say. Whether or not this is true, Adam Ellis is a genius. Yeah. This story is so well written, considering every bit of it is tweets. It's all tweeted. There's no video recordings of him talking about it. It's all just images, videos, little tweets, 
holy crap does he tell a good story and it's it's a it's an absolutely brilliant story whether or not it's true but you can make that decision next week whether or not you think it's real before we go for the evening because i don't know what i don't know how long we've been recording for but before we go anywhere i I wanted to say thank you to our gorgeous people who have left us reviews and we are currently on 20 ratings and six reviews but the weird thing is is that it depends on what country you're in so if you're in the uk you only see uk reviews if you're in america you only see america reviews so i would like to thank will2459 for his review in which which he said we were a welcome dose of creepy banter thank you Will I would like to thank Lord McKeating for saying that our podcast was terrifying yet fascinating it's true I would like to thank Sensational for saying don't listen in the dark thank you Cass I would like to thank I can't say that one it's Develamonic who said I'm like in love with Emma Thank you. Oh, I wonder I know. why you wanted to thank that person. I know, right? I know. I would like to thank Coffee Bean 99 for saying that we are fun and entertaining because, my God, yes, we are. And I would also like to thank Cardpunk1206 for saying that we are great dynamic hosts and for saying that they loved the fact we did a film review at the beginning of each episode. <laughs> Please make sure if you enjoyed today's episode, if you love the story of Dear David with like we do, I know it's been done by everyone, but because there's been new developments, I thought it was good to do an episode or two on this little story. So you tell your friends about our little podcast. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell whoever it is. If you don't use an Apple platform and you want to leave us a review, somebody in your life uses the Apple platform, use their phone to leave a review for us. There's a better way to do it. Yes, we we are actively encouraging fraud. Yeah, love it. We are on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. We are on Facebook, um, which is the Real Life Ghost Stories podcast closed group. And we're on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. Yes, we are. Well done. And we are also on Snapchat, but not as actively over there because I can't be bothered. So make sure that you tune in next week for the second installment of Dear David, which, trust me, is horrific. I think David is misunderstood. I think he's an orphan looking for a new dad and we should cut him some slack. Well, I would not be adopting, dear David. I can tell you that much. And we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.